this morning, guess what? We're in the book of 1 Peter. We're still there. If you brought your Bible with you, which I hope you did, or if you need to borrow a Bible, raise your hand. Yeah. I sure will give you one. Dan's right there. We'd like you to, to follow you. along in your Bible. It's so important that... You put your eyes on it. You get put your eyes on it as a believer that we know God's Word. Amen. Jesus is the Word of God, and we're following Jesus. Amen. So if we're going to follow him, we need to know what he says. <laughs> and today we are uh, still going to linger in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. So if you have your Bible, open it up to 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Uh, we titled this message today, Serve Like Jesus. Serving Like Jesus. And uh, we're going to need to still talk about spiritual gifts the truth, the fact that we've each been given a spiritual gift. In fact, we've been given many spiritual gifts All of them. through Christ. Uh, and we're going to dig around in this a little bit more because I do believe that many in the body of Christ really don't realize this. Mm -hmm. And um, we could really do some wonderful things for God, believing that we have a spiritual gift to use. So let's just pray before we approach the word of God. Father, we thank you for today. This is the day that you've made. And we'll rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. Mm. We thank you that every day you're speaking to us. You have things to tell us and show us. And so I pray, Father, as we sit here around and fellowship around your word, I pray that you would open up our spiritual eyes, open up our spiritual ears, Lord. Our hearts are receptive and open to learn about our gifts. And Father, I pray that we would each have the courage to step out and mm. begin to use them yeah, to yeah. serve others, to edify one another in the church and, and to bring you glory. And so here we are, Lord, speak in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So let's read 1 Peter 4, first, beginning with verse 10. This is up on the screen. It says, as each one has received a gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and, and ever. ever. Amen. 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 Yes. Okay, so we're just going to do a little bit of review. Some of you weren't here last week. Uh, you can always go back and listen to the, uh, the podcast or we're on a YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. I would encourage you to do that because we're not going to review everything that we said last week, but it was important to transition into this message. Right. All our, all our messages build on top of each other, yeah. and it's to mature the saints and to make disciples who want to make disciples. So verse, 1 Peter 4, verse 10, this is going to be up on the PowerPoint. What does it say? It says, as each one has received a gift, how many have received a gift? There we go. Each one. That means everybody sitting in this room. No one's been left out. Each one has received <laughs> a gift. What are we supposed to do with it? Employ it in serving one another. There we are. As a good steward of the manifold grace of God. So everybody's been given a gift, and we are not supposed to just sit on our gift and do nothing with our gift and let it lie dormant on the inside of it. Right. Us, God... Intends for us to employ it. That means just to use it in serving one another. And when we do this serving, we really are tapping into the life 
of God. Because Jesus came, he said, well, we know scripture says he was the greatest servant of all. And he said that he came not to be served. Now think about it. The son of God, he said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve Mm. and give his life as a ransom for many. And so of of all the the beings, God himself, who would be worthy to be served, he said, when he came to the earth, he was going to model something for us. Not that we would wait for people to serve us, but that we would serve one another. And he did it, like he said, as a, to give his life as a ransom for many. And we said last week about the, the gift of salvation. I mean, Jesus is the greatest gift of all. He is the gift. He is our treasure. Come on. And so with his life, when he gave his life, he gave us salvation. And we used that illustration last week uh, of it, salvation being like a nesting box. Do you all know what a nesting box is? If you would think of salvation as this outside of this large box, labeled salvation. And if you've ever seen a nesting box, you take the lid off of it, and it's like, oh, there's another box inside of this. Mm -hmm. So you take it out, and then if you take the lid off of that one, it's like, there's another box in here. And so it's a, the nesting box just keeps on giving gifts. Yes. And we looked at some of those last week. We've, We've been given eternal life. Scripture calls eternal life from God a gift to us. The Holy Spirit is the gift. He's the one who recreates us on the inside. He dwells on the inside of us to be our teacher, to be our guide through this life, so that we don't have to stumble through life and wonder why we're here. I mean, this is the most awesome gift. Amen. To know why you're put on the earth. So we have the Holy Spirit, the gift of grace from him on the inside of us. Then we've been given the gift of righteousness. These are spiritual gifts. Right. You know, sometimes we think we've been given gifts from God, and we think in terms of material things. And often that's what we're praying for, material blessings. But God wants us, first of all, to see the bigger picture. He's given us spiritual gifts, like the gift of righteousness. Yeah, hallelujah. That makes you worthy and accepted, and yes. loved, and approved, and validated. All the things that we kind of look out into the world and we want from the world, when we realize that God says, I've given you the gift of my own righteousness, that ought to help us to wake up every morning and go, yeah, you know, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> no matter what's going on in my life, God's for me. He's not against me. Come on, now. And we've been given these other spiritual gifts this is the ones that we're going to talk a little bit about today. But all of it is coming from the manifold grace of God. Yes. That's what this scripture says. The manifold, the diverse, the, all the, these varieties of gifts that we've been given. All freely. Mm. You and I didn't earn our salvation. You cannot do enough good works right. to earn heaven, to earn eternal life. Many people believe that. Right. Well, I hope it all balances out. I, you know, you ask a lot of people and they'll say, well, I, I'm a good person. I try to do a lot of good works. I think I'll make it to heaven. They base it on themselves. Come on you now. You could never be perfect because you'd have to do everything perfectly like Jesus. Never sin. So we're all eliminated, right? All have fallen We've short. We've all fallen short <laughs> of the glory of God. Yeah. And so salvation is based on his work, his Finished and perfect. Yeah, turn work. to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter yeah. 2. This will help us. Yeah, we have this up on you the know, screen it's, too. It's yeah. really good. But it's, it's like Pastor Mamie says, it's really important to find your way around the Bible because this is God's word. And, you know, if you don't know God's word, 
you're missing out. You're really missing out because Jesus says his words are spirit and they're life. And Jesus' finished work, when we put our faith in Jesus' finished work, that's, that's the gift that he's offered to the entire world to receive. We, it's his grace that he's offered his son, Jesus Christ. It's, it's to an undeserving people. He offered his son, which is grace. And when we believe in the finished work of Christ, that's our faith being activated in what God has done. We're agreeing with him. Yes. Go to chapter 2, and let's take a look at verse 8. See what it says there. Ephesians 2, verse 8. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. There it is, right there. And it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man can boast. Salvation is a free gift offered to the entire world, everybody. And it comes by God's amazing grace. And then when we start to believe by faith in the finished work of Christ and what he did, that's when salvation comes. It's based on Jesus. Yeah. It's based on Jesus. Look at verse 10 here. Look at verse 10. This is pretty awesome. Pastor Mamie says that the Bible declares that we are the righteousness of God, that we're accepted, that we're valued, and we're valued and accepted by God himself. By God himself. Look what it says. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why? Yeah, why? For what? For good, For works. good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're not saved by good works, but after we get saved, the Spirit of Christ comes within us. You can't help but do good works. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and we are meant to. We are saved to do those good works. Yeah, and the, the reason for all these spiritual gifts that we have is to bless other people. Make God known, yeah, and to build the kingdom of God. Right. We're graced to be able to do it. And it really matters if you and I are aware of the gift of grace that we've received. It's important. If you don't know what you have, how can you operate in it? But once you find out the truth of it, then we can exercise our faith and use them. Instead of, like Pastor Mamie said, we're praying for things. Let's say, Lord, you know, uh, give me a better understanding of the righteousness that I'm walking in. Yeah. Give yeah. me an understanding of the grace gifts that you've given me. Yeah. That's the kind of prayers we need to pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's the kind of prayers that you're going to be starting to get active in the yeah. kingdom of God. That's right. You know, and it matters. It really matters that you know these things. And you know these things by reading the word of God. Going to a church that preaches the word of God. That is excited and fired up about yeah. the things of yeah. Jesus. Amen? That the Holy Spirit has his way in the, in the meetings. Because if you yield to the Holy Spirit, he's going to talk to you just like he took, Pastor Ben was talking about. He'll speak to your heart. Yeah. You know why? Because he loves you. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I like that idea. Go to chapter 1. Look what it says in chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Look what it says. It, it, you know, we're talking about grace gifts. Grace gifts. Gifts given to us by God himself. 
it says this. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? All or every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Our salvation is not just a ticket to heaven. We stand around holding the ticket, waiting to die, waiting to get to heaven. Yeah. But there you go. It, it's, it's, the, it's the nesting box. Your salvation has more. It's more than just knowing that your sins are forgiven. Come on now. <laughs> Scripture tells us that we've been given a gift to bless the body of Christ. Now, these gifts are for your own benefit, yes, but it's for blessing other people. It's for advancing the kingdom of God. It's fulfilling his mission here on the earth. And, 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 <laughs> and, being rewarded in heaven yes. as a good steward of the gifts that God gave you. How can you be a good steward if you don't know what you have? You can't. This is why we prayed that God would open our eyes so that we can see these precious things that we have. These things are eternal. These are, this is where we should focus. Yeah. We should focus on this. Hallelujah. Many people feel like it's, a, we said this last week, like it's our, you, you may have given your life to Christ years ago or thought that you did, but often people think of it as a ticket. Mm -hmm. There you I go. said the prayer. Yep, yep. Or I, you know, you belong to a church. Sometimes we think we're saved. We're actually not saved. So we need to be sure we understand even how salvation comes to us as a gift of grace through a confession of faith. But yeah. we hold on to it like a ticket. Like many Christians live. I'm holding on to the ticket. I know when I die, I'm going to heaven. I have my ticket. And we told that story last week. And Repeat it. We should. You know, some things are just good. If, if they're good, they're worth repetition. It's like the man... I had said last week, who was traveling to America by ship. I think this is just, I'm not sure if this is even true. Yeah, a long time ago. He saved just enough money for a ticket to cross the ocean to get to America. He was so happy, I'm going to America. And every day, though, on that ship, you know, he'd look inside of the dining hall and see people sitting at tables. He could smell the nice food. He could <laughs> see the nice food on the table. Everybody sitting there eating, enjoying themselves and he had brought along just some cheese and crackers with him. He thought, well, I just, I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to America. I have some cheese and crackers here just to sustain me. And then whenever they finally got to America, everybody's onboarding the ship, and the porter looks at the man, and he says, sir, you know, have we offended you in some way on this trip? And the man said, no, I've not been offended in any way. And he said, well, we never saw you join us in the dining room, you know, with the other people and, and enjoy, you know, the food and all that. And he said, oh, I just had enough money for the ticket. And the porter said, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. Didn't you know that the ticket included everything? The food, the beverages, everything that the ship had to offer you were entitled to. <laughs> and I think this is how a lot of Christians go through their journey in life. Come on. Because for one thing, <coughs> if we never open up and see what we've been given as our inheritance... This is a, a, the will of God, as though you, you're going to read a will. This is the will, the New Testament... Is, is the will of God for our life. Yes. And when we don't understand what we've been given, we can go through life like that man. It's like, I have my ticket, but I don't partake of all the other things. I don't unwrap all the other blessings that have come with my <laughs> salvation. You know, last we week we talked about motivational gifts, 
Turn to Romans chapter 12. We talked about the gifts that are given to the body of Christ. Really, we recommend you listen to last week's message. You'll get a fuller understanding of everything that we were talking about because we're just doing a little review of it here. Uh, The motivational gifts uh, uh, is how the grace of God moves through you. It's, it's, it motivates your thoughts, it motivates your words and your actions. It's the way God shapes you in, and your personality. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it really is the filter how you see the world and how you relate to others and even how you serve other people. So did you find Romans chapter 12? Okay, Romans chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy or preach, speak out as much faith as God has given to you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If teaching, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership abilities take the responsibility seriously and if you have the gift of showing kindness and mercy to others do it gladly so now on powerpoint we have these things that we're that we just read about and the first one is prophecy and it's really in a sense a perceiver a perceiver it's gifted to know uh, what it i mean they have a very clear everything's black and white it's uh, It's either sin or it's righteousness. It's wrong or it's right. And there's really kind (laughs) of no in-between with this person. And it's a good gift that the church needs. And they are willing to speak out and stand for the truth. And then the server, of course, is a hands-on doer. They love serving others and having their life really excited about helping other people. And teaching... A teaching gift is somebody who loves to study the Word of God. He loves to learn. And it's really, in a sense, somebody who really wants to make disciples because they search the Scriptures daily like the Berean church that we read about in the book of Acts. And encouragers, of course, they, they are going to encourage you in your spiritual walk. They're going to invite you in. They're going to try to encourage you. It's like the geese flying over. You hear the ones honking, you know, get going up there, get going up there. You're doing a good job, you know. So we're all coming and going to the same place. It's an encourager. Now, giving is a person who really uh, works hard and is because of their the gifting within them is usually financially well off. But what they do is they want to make that work for them, like Pastor Ben was talking about during the offering. They give to the kingdom of God. They give to the kingdom of God. They're, they're not a, uh, let's say, they're not like the Dead Sea. They, they're like the Sea of Galilee because that money flows through them. And God, because the gift that they've been given as a giver, God gives more. Just like what Pastor Ben was talking about. You're going to be blessed as a giver. Yeah. And then the next one is... Then there's Yeah, the, the leadership or depending on your translation, might say leadership or might say administrations. And this is the person who likes to organize things, you know, look at a system and go, let's put this system together and let's get the people together and we could could make this work. But like these are the people that like the list 
you know, to do things like I've got this, they've got something, you know, going on in their head, the list makers, the people that they enjoy accomplishing goals. And they're not, they don't mind that it's maybe two years down the road. It's right. like they can see down the road and go, I think this is how we should do this and put this together. And so they're sometimes considered, they're shouldering responsibility yeah. uh, in the body of Christ. And then we have the mercy gift. And the mercy gift, we said last week, was a person who's sometimes ruled more by the heart of Christ than the head, if you will. Because these people are very compassionate, very sensitive yep. to people who are going through difficulty in their life. Like, they're the feelers. They're like, they could pick up on, you know, something is wrong here. Let's try to make it right. They're working mm -hmm. towards everybody, you know, coming together in a compassionate way. They grieve over broken relationships with people. And we jokingly said last week, these are the, as in childhood, these might have been the kids who were bringing home every stray cat or dog. It's like they're in the street. I couldn't believe them there. They had to bring them Cindy. home. Like their heart is breaking over <laughs> these kinds of things. And the thing about it is we all have a little bit right. of this... each of these gifts. I mean, there's no way that we could say, well, I'm just, you know, I... I just am a giver, and I don't have to have anything to do with mercy. No, we all have to have some mercy in our lives. And, That's for sure. And, you know, your gift is, is the way God wired you and put you together. But we tend to have, you know, one of these that is a little bit more dominant mm -hmm. in, in our responses to people and the way we look at life. And, it, and God wired us this way. You could look at it like, well, God put me together this way. This is why we're different, and we should be different. And sometimes our gift is even observed in childhood. Right. Like if, you're, if a mom and dad pay attention, you could begin to see some of these things in the way your child is looking at the world, even in childhood. Mm -hmm. And, it, and I, it's beautiful because, you know, when we say train up in the ch a child in the way you should go, that has to do with it. When you begin to see this gift in your child, you could, you could give them experiences where they can grow in that gift yes. because God has shaped them that way for a role in his kingdom. Right. Um, because uh, they, like we looked at Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, remember? So we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he planned beforehand. Amen. So all these things have a long-term view of how we look at our relationships and how we're wired in our, you know, in our family. And then I was thinking as we say here that you know, some of these things you can see in childhood. On the other hand, sometimes, though, in our, because of our past, because of the way we grew up, our family situation, maybe negative circumstances that we had to experience, it, it can put, like, these true gifts into hiding. You know, until you come to, into salvation. Amen. You don't really recognize that you have them. And, and I... As a pastor, as a pastors over the years, and even looking at our own lives and how God awakened these things in us, you realize, wow, a lot of people come and go. A lot of people are born and die, even, even coming to church, and they never discover the potential that Christ put inside of them because of their gifting, because they just never heard about it even, and then right. never had an opportunity to step out. Because it does take some courage to step out and use your gift. But we've all heard stories of people that I think about somebody, maybe a drug addict, somebody living on the street who looks like, well, you know, their life is over. And yet this person, you, you hear story after story about this of they get saved, mm -hmm. they get clean and sober. And the next thing you know, you know, they are selling my pillows. <laughs> there you go. That's, That's a perfect example. Yep. 
Mike uh-huh. Lindell, a perfect example. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Teaching, evangelizing. I mean, if he had stayed stuck in that addiction, he'd be dead. Right. And no one would, no one would have ever thought Mike Lindell had anything to offer the world. He'd be the first one to get up and shout, look what God has done in me. Look at the gifts that he put inside of me. Talk about a giver. That man knows how to make money, and I know he supports the gospel. That's for sure. And so sometimes these things can be dormant in our lives until the Lord puts a demand on it and awakens it. I mean, we just think about ourselves and the way the way God began to do that in our, my, our own life. Like, I'd be the last person to think, I'm going to, years down the road, stand up and be preaching a message in the morning. <laughs> That's no, for sure. that was not me. In, high, <laughs> in grade school, middle school, it's like, and it, who wants to answer this question? I wasn't the first one putting up my hand. It was like, don't call on me. <laughs> don't, you know, don't look at me. <laughs> and yet, you know, God began to open up ways in my life when I look back on the, the way he was grooming, because I was a nurse. And then I ended up being promoted into a nurse management position. It was like, you want to promote me? I thought, I don't, do I have the, can I do this? And people were saying, yeah, you have the ability to do this. Sometimes you just have to put the demand on it. And then there was a teaching opportunity, teach a couple classes to a nursing group. And I remember thinking, I hate doing this. Like, I'm so nervous getting up in front of people. But after I did it, I remember driving home and thinking, that Lord, like, there's something about that I really like. <laughs> but it was still a matter of, don't ask me to do it again. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but when ministry, when God began to turn our life in a different direction, and we begin, began to feel the call into ministry, now I look back and I think, see, he was already grooming opening up doors and ways for you to say, step out and do that. Yep. You have a gift in you, but you don't even know it. And so I say that, all that, to say that's how many of you are. God has something on the inside of you that may be dormant that you're not even aware of. Come on now. But as you begin to take a step, and we're going to just, even in the church, the church is a really safe place to do that. That's for sure. We're family here. I mean, you I can mean, mess up here, over we in, still love you. Yeah, teaching over in children's ministry or greeting somebody at yeah. the door or ushering. It's easy to just go, no, I don't want to do that. I know you don't want to do that. That's what I used to say to the Lord. I don't really want to do that. Let you wouldn't believe how I, the first time she stood up, we decided, all right, you're going to teach this, this time. And it was at our house. And the front room was filled with people. <laughs> And she comes in like three minutes before she was supposed to start. I am not doing this. <laughs> I am not doing this. I said, well, I'll walk out the back door and you have to do it. <laughs> and it was great. There's, there it's she is. Funny. It's words of wisdom nervous. come out I still out feel of nervous getting up and doing it. But you begin to realize, no, God is the one saying, yeah. go, go. And so you have to be a good steward. You just have to say, yes, Lord. And it's really trusting in the grace of God because you realize he's not going to ask you to do something. He's not going to give you grace to do. Right. Yeah, you might feel a little bit nervous and even humiliated at times. Like, why do you put me in these situations? (laughs) But, again, it's another opportunity to learn to be humble yourself and be, be like Christ. And so uh, one gift, you know, is not better than another. Sometimes we look and we think, well, just getting up in front of people, that's the most important gift. That is not true at all. You know, really, because one, work, one gift cannot make a church function. No. 
at all. And we need one another. Like, let's say this, the prophecy gift, the person who wants to preach and teach about right and wrong and, and good and evil. Well, that's great, but sometimes that gift, the weak part of that gift is that person can sometimes come across too judgmental, mm. a little bit too critical at the wrong time, right? So you need the mercy gift around that person. But they yeah. say, wait, just hold on a second. You know, like, you don't understand the background of this person's life, what they've been through. Mm-hmm. You need to see how hurt and wounded they are. This is why sometimes yeah. they're acting the way they act. So we, that, that prophecy gift needs a mercy gift around in the church to balance that out. Can and then sometimes the mercy gift, you know, needs that compassion can sometimes blind the person to... Tough love. It's like, no, we've got to say no to that. <laughs> and that's where that person with that prophetic, more prophetic gift would help the person with that deep mercy gift to go, all right, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your strength, what you're strong in, you know, we tend to think everybody should look through the world like me with yeah, these glasses on. That's a, but we all have weaknesses yeah. also that go along with those strengths. And so your strength will balance out where some other person is weak, yes. but where you know, you're weak, their abilities will help for your deficiencies. Yeah. And so we need one another this way in the church. So much. I mean, just think if, if everyone was a teacher, you know, where would the hospitality be? Yeah. Or where would serving. the serving be? Where would yeah. the, the, who would clean the church? I mean, seriously. Yeah. And then if everybody wanted to serve, that would be great. But then, you know, we need a teaching gift to teach the right things that need to be taught. Yeah. And then we need the leadership gift because, you know, that person is going to be putting and organizing and putting in place uh, functional systems for the church. I mean, could you imagine walking in here and then the praise team's up here kind of and some of them are back there getting coffee and then, you know, over in the corner there, there's there's Cindy pouring out her heart with praying for somebody (laughs) and then over here they're saying, well, we should be doing it. (laughs) It'd be confusing. It would be like the Corinthian church. What are you guys doing in there? (laughs) I mean, kids would be running around, you know. Our gifts are meant to be respected. Be respectful of one another. All these gifts are wonderful and have a place in the body of Christ. Amen. You know, and again, Pastor Mamie said it, you know, we might think that one gift is more important than the other. It, It is not. It, it is the body of Christ. And, and we can't get puffed up because of the gift that we have. Because it, we cannot allow our egos to get in the way. Just can't. Because sometimes your ego is going to hide yourself. Oh, I can't. Okay. Guess what? You're thinking about yourself and not thinking about other people. Yeah. You, you need to hum- we need to humble ourselves, you know. So it, together, it, we yeah. need to understand we humble ourselves to serve, uh, knowing, knowing that God has gifted me with more than one gift. He has. Uh, you know, look at this statement. It's going to come up on PowerPoint. It says, together we are meant to use our gifts to build the local church and accomplish its mission. Together. Yes, Together. All these gifts are coming from Jesus. He is the head. We are the body. He is the head. We are the body. And it's just like a human body, how it functions. 
it functions under the direction of your head. Your brain, yeah. The... And, you know, if you, your head was away from your body, you wouldn't be walking out of this room. <laughs> it all works together. See, it works together under the authority and the command of Jesus Christ. This is what we have to understand, too. Yeah, he's the head of the body. He is yeah. the head of the body. And so, so we're all part. So turn to 1 yeah. Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12. God tells us that how the body of Christ is meant to function here in this chapter. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 12. It's really good. Everybody there? The now human, your page is turning. It says the human body... This is verse 12, and it's going to maybe sound different than your translation. But the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some Gentiles, some slaves, some free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Now, what this verse, these verses telling us is about like the global body of the of Christ, the universal body yeah. of Christ. We are all over the world, the, all the believers put together have been baptized into one spirit. We're all worshiping the same God. Amen. One in spirit, baptized, made up of believers around the world from every nation, tribe, tongue, people who have trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So this is what this means. We've all been baptized into one body. Uh This is the universal global body of Christ. And Jesus is building up this body in the earth. He's building up a victorious church. That's his intention. A victorious church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not not prevail against it. Amen? And so today, Jesus is focused on building his church. Yes. Not only in numbers. Yes, we are to evangelize the world. But in function, too. Yes. It isn't just about conversion. I gave my life to Christ. It's about now we are to be using our gifts. Come on. To build up and become the victorious church that Jesus intended. Find out who I am in Christ, my identity. Yes. The truth is, we couldn't be really function together in the global church because God broke it down into local churches, local bodies of Christ. And it is the local church. This is just like your Bible. There's a letter to the Roman church. There's a letter to the Corinthian church. There's the letter to the Ephesians church, the Philippian church, the Colossian church, the Thessalonian church. See, they're part of the global body, but they're broken down into local churches. And each local church represents the full body of Christ in its entirety because he's given the gifts. And then, you know, he's put us together. He's joined us together. And every gift should be functioning. It's true. Uh, Really, consider how important every gift of the body is. Really, think about it. So let's continue to read. Let's go back. Verse 14. Yes, The body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make, uh, that does not make any less part of the body. 
And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If your whole body was an ear, how would you begin and smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. <laughs> yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye could never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. So when we read this, we can, we can see that there is no way that a person could be justified not being a functioning part of a local body. And verse 18 says, God has put each part just where he wants it. He's not assigned anybody to stay at home. He's not assigned anybody to be a lone ranger. Because if that's, that's the case, there's something that will not grow properly in you. It won't. It won't. Because you've kept yourself separate from a commitment to a local body of Christ. And it, it, we all know this scripture, Psalm 92. Planted in the house of the Lord. Planted in the house of the Lord. Planted in the house of the Lord. We will flourish in the courts of our God. God will guide you to the church he wants you to be in. And you shouldn't pick a church because it's convenient. You shouldn't pick a church because mom and dad came here. I was there, and uh, this is just how it is. You have to choose a church like your life depends on it. Amen. Because it does. Because it does. Yeah. And God knows where you will flourish. You know, sometimes people pack up, pack up move. They, they, they change locations where they live, go across states because of a job promotion. And never bother to ask the Lord, the first is thing. there a church there? What church body will you join me to? That's a mistake. And God will show you where the right church is yep. for you to go to plant yourself there. And when you plant yourself there, don't think of Planton Park. <laughs> plant. <Yeah. laughs> you know, it's like God can direct a moving vessel. Like you plant, you plant yourself there. And like we're going to encourage you, you begin to serve. You begin to put your hand to the plow because uh -huh. it's easier for God to move and guide a, a vessel that's in motion, that's, in, that's not just stuck in park, right? Yes. So he can guide a moving vessel, turn here, go there, versus the gear is already in park. And so planted means I'm committed yes. and I'm faithful and I want to serve and I want to grow. That's how we're going to flourish. So look at verse 22. It says, in, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Come on. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that shouldn't be seen while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. Come on. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Mm -hmm. Verse 25, 
This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. And if one part is honored, there we go. all the parts are glad. Now, in verse 27, I'm going to read the last. Well, I'll, I'll wait for that one. I, I want to explain something about these verses here because I think they can be, depending on your translation, maybe come across a little confusing. What does it mean, verse 22, that the weaker parts, now we're talking about the body and even people in the body, the weaker parts or the seemingly less important parts, the Lord says are actually the most necessary. Yep. And verse 24 says, God's put the body together so that extra honor is given to the parts which seemingly appear like less important. Now, here's how I maybe can best explain it. It's like the church is meant to have people from all walks of life yes. come in. The local church might have a background of people that you know, are rich, people that are poor, people that are educated, people that are uneducated, mm -hmm. people that have a lot of skills in a certain area, people that are laborers, maybe they have little skills, people that feel very, in, that are very intelligent, people that you know, haven't had much education, maybe aren't very intelligent. You, you might have mentally handicapped people, physically handicapped people. Mm -hmm. The good news is the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And every one of us are in need of the, mer the yes. same mercy and forgiveness that oh, Jesus offers. Yes. See, that makes the ground level. When you come into a room like this, it's like we have all different Worship backgrounds and you know, skill levels, ability, intelligence, different. But one thing we all have in common. Yeah. We all need a Savior. Yes. We all are in need of the mercy and forgiveness of God, right? But see, the world teaches us from a different angle. Right. The world will teach you to give greater honor to the people that, you know, the Hollywood idea. Right. Give attention to the rich. Give attention to the influencers. This is the big word on the internet now. The big influencers. How many followers do you have? Or the highly skilled, the highly educated. Yep. Hey, here comes so-and-so. Oh, yeah, give them the best seat. Right? We've heard of churches even doing that, which yep. is the book of James speaks against that kind of attitude that you should not give preferential treatment to people just because, in, like in the book of James, it says they come in with rings and a nice robe and, oh, like you're, you must be somebody special. That's thinking like the world. Right. Because the come kingdom of God is built upon a whole different paradigm. It's built upon humility and servanthood. Yes, it's, we can grow in our character. Listen, we can grow in our character. You, you have somebody that rubs you the wrong way. Guess what? God put him there so that you can grow in your character. You're to serve. It's an opportunity to humble ourselves. Amen? Serve others that are different than us. Might come from a different background. Maybe even a different country. You know? Different social group than, than you. This is our opportunity yeah. to be like Jesus. Yeah. So God does this. He puts it together. These scriptures say on purpose. Yes. It's interesting. So that we have an opportunity to be gracious and kind and sharing the love of God with people. Like, like what Pastor Steve was saying, that we feel like I can't relate to them. Right. Well, on, the, yes, on, on one level, we can, and that's the level we're supposed to begin to relate to people. Yes. 
Because sometimes our flesh, in the flesh, we, you know, we want to look down. We want to make a judgment. Look down. Well, I don't understand them. Or like you said, they rubbed me the wrong way. And, but it's an opportunity, the Lord is saying. I put it together so that you would learn to give honor yes. to what seems like the unseemly part. The part that seems insignificant. And not thinking of ourselves, the scripture says we shouldn't think of ourselves more highly than yes, we ought. Yes, there we are. That's now, I have perfect. this story that I thought, found, I remember hearing this. It's, it's from the teacher Beth Moore. How many of you have ever heard Beth Moore's teaching? She's I think powerful. This illustrates the point so well of how the body of Christ is meant to give honor to the parts of the body that seem less honorable. So here's, here's how the story goes. Beth Moore, uh, she was sitting in an airport waiting to board a plane. And she's sitting there with several other people who were also waiting, whom she didn't know. And as she waited, she pulled out her Bible and she just starts to read. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, she felt as if the people around her were staring at her, were looking at her. She looked up, but then she realized they were actually looking over her head, that they were looking at the person behind her, sitting behind her. So she turned around to see what everyone was looking at, and when she did, she saw a stewardess pushing a wheelchair with the, <clears throat> the ugliest old man sitting in it that she had ever seen. She said he had this long white hair, gray hair that was all tangled and just in a mess. His face, she said, was just really, really wrinkled. He didn't look friendly at all, just, you know, you can imagine. So she didn't know why, but of course, just looking at him, she was drawn to the man. <clears throat> and then as she began to look at him more, she thought at first that God wanted her to witness to him. And in her mind, she's thinking, oh God, please, not right here, not right now. <laughs> but no matter what she did, she couldn't get the man off her mind. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she knew what God wanted her to do. She was supposed to brush this old man's hair. Now, you can imagine. She went over. She said she kind of fought with the Lord about it, but she finally thought, I'm going to do it. So she went over and knelt down in front of the old man in the wheelchair saying, Sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair for you? And he said, What? And she thought, oh, great, he's hard of hearing. <laughs> All these people, you know, like, again, a little louder, she said, sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair for you? And he answered, if you're talking to me, you're going to have to speak up. I'm practically deaf. So this time she's oh, almost man. yelling, sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair for you? Everyone was watching at this point just, like, to see what his response would be. And the old man just looked at her confused and said, I guess if you really want to. And she thought, I don't even have a brush. <laughs> but then she said, but I, I don't have a brush, but I thought I'd ask anyway. And he said, look in the bag on the behind, on the, hanging on the wheelchair. There's a brush in there. So she just goes around and digs in the bag, pulls out this old-fashioned, this old hairbrush, and she starts, stands there behind him and starts brushing his hair. And she said, I have a, a little girl with long hair, yeah. and so I've had a lot of practice on 
combing tangled hair. So I was very gentle with him. And she said, it took a long time, you know, to work out all those tangles. But it finally was worked smooth. The hair, the gray hair, the long hair was smooth. She said, I brushed until every tangle came out. And just as she's finishing up, she said she began to feel and, and see that the old man was crying. And she went in front of him, and she put her hands on his knees and kneeling, looking directly in his eyes. And she said, sir, do you know Jesus? And he said, yes, I know Jesus. He said, you see, my bride told me she couldn't marry me unless I knew Jesus. So I learned all about him and asked him to come into my heart many years ago before I married my bride. And he continued, you know, I'm on my way home to my wife. I've been in the hospital for a long time and have had to have special surgery here. That's why I'm here, but I'm going home. My wife couldn't come with me because she's so frail herself. And he said, I was so worried about how terrible my hair looked, and I didn't want her to see me looking so awful, but I couldn't brush my hair all by myself. Tears were rolling down his cheeks as he thanked her over and over again for brushing his hair. And by this point, Beth Moore is crying. The people that are watching around were crying. And, you know, as they're boarding the plane, the stewardess, who was also crying... (laughs) watching this, stopped her and asked, why did you do that? And she said, right there was another opportunity, the door that opened to share with someone else the love of God. And I thought, wow, what a story. This is a true story. Yeah. What an amazing story of showing honor to a part of the body of Christ that would seem like, let him alone, you know, he's... He just, he's not too with it. Just ignore him. And I have to say, you know, I, I, I don't know that I'd say just ignore him, but I don't know that I, I know I wouldn't have had the nerve to do what she did. It's a beautiful story, yes. isn't it? And we don't always understand God's ways, but we should be ready because he may use us like that. He wants to use us like that. See, I'd say that's a mercy gift. That yeah. woman has a teaching gift. Amazing teaching gift. That's a mercy gift. That's a compassion, a heart of Christ that came out to a seemingly insignificant man, a forgotten man. And in that moment, you know, she even got to share the, the love of God and the gospel with that stewardess. And so that story helps us understand those verses 24 to 27. Yeah. That all of you together, it says all of us together, verse 27, are Christ's body. And each of you is a necessary part of it. We're all necessary. And we all should be willing to be available to be used by God. And so we're going to close our service today uh, by taking communion together. For taking communion together. We're going to do it a little bit differently. We we did it this way. Uh, The last time, instead of the wafer, we had little pieces of bread and, and when we're all ready, we'll have you uh, come forward when we're ready. Take a piece of bread, and there'll be a little cup here of juice. But communion is a time for us to come together. Scripture says when you come together and break bread, we are to remember what Jesus did for us. And so this is a way for us to do this. It's a holy moment. It's a sacred moment. And especially in talking about the body of Christ, 
and what he did for us. You know, Jesus was beaten. He was whipped, 39 lashes. That, though, by his stripes, we are healed. He shed his blood on that cross. He emptied himself on that cross. And by going to that cross, he defeated Satan. He defeated hell and death. It looked like he lost. It looked like all hope was gone. See, but he's offering us a free gift of salvation because he did that. And three days later, he rose again from the dead. And the Bible declares he rose again from the dead when you were justified. He did it for you. He did it for the whole world. So we remember what he did, how he suffered. And he suffered so that you and I wouldn't be separated from God for all eternity. He did this because an amazing love for you, an amazing love for me. A love that we ask can ask God, reveal more to me, Lord. And you can do that right here. And this is also a time that we remember He is coming back. He's coming back for His church without spot or wrinkle. So when we partake of these elements here, you know, it's, it's, it's a time that for us to com- contemplate, to think about our lives, to think about what He did for us. Think, are we walking with Him? Are we really walking with Him? You know, this the loaf here <laughs> represents the body of Christ you know understand that he's the head and you and I are the, are the body but this represents Jesus Christ the body and it, it, the Bible says it was broken for you and I he laid himself out for you he laid himself out for me he gave everything For you, he gave everything to me. (laughs) And we got to come to a place where we thank God for all the gifts he's given to us. The Bible says he's given us all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realm. All. We need to ask him, reveal these truths to me. I I certainly don't want to stand before you and say, and you tell me, you didn't even do what I ask you to do I don't want that I don't want that for you this is why we ask him Lord reveal to me what you have for me I want to walk in it I want to complete it I want to fulfill it and you know what Jesus loves the body (laughs) He he loves you he loves me it's the church again the church is his focus the church is his focus he broke the bread then he took a cup on that night and he said you know this this cup represents my blood that was shed for the forgiveness of your sin and really the sin of the world yes and so when we take these elements we are remembering his body that it was broken for us so that our so that we could find healing and health come back to the shepherd and guardian of our soul his blood was shed for the forgiveness of your sin to welcome you to give you righteousness holiness and he's returning 
This is, this is why that scripture, to be a good steward of what he's given us. He's returning to judge the living and the dead, it says. Yes. And so we want to take these things seriously. And so we, we, we were going we're gonna to invite you to come forward if you are a Christian. If you've given your life to Christ, you're certainly welcome to come forward and join us, partake of this meal. Maybe you say, I don't know that I am a Christian. Well, just you could ask Jesus into your heart right now. Yes to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive you of your sin and make you a new creation in Him. And if you do that just with God alone, by a private prayer, well, then you'll be born again. And then yes. come on up and join us. And so yeah. we just ask you to stand. If you'd like to partake of communion, we hope that you do. Yeah, come and just take this. a piece of bread and take a cup and then go back to your seat. And when everyone has been served, we'll all partake We'll come together. down the center aisle and then walk back the outside yeah. aisle. So would you want to start, Amy? We'll just come this way, yeah. a moment to just 
just examine ourselves because scripture says to examine yourself before partaking of the body and blood of Christ. So this, this piece of bread, of course, represents his body, but it also represents your part in the body. But you are a part, the chosen part of the body of Christ. You've been gifted. You're greatly loved. Mm. And God has a plan and purpose for your life. And so I just, we want to ask ourselves, or are my priorities in my life, Lord, are they right? I want to be a good steward of the gift you've given me. Help me. How I use my time, my talent, my treasure. Mm-hmm. We don't want to take this bread just flippantly. We're acknowledging you, Jesus, of all that you've done for us. And we want to be a good steward of the life that you've given us. Some of you, you might be thinking like, yeah, my priorities are mixed up. Forgive me, Lord. Just ask for forgiveness. This is is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then give us grace to do what he's asking us to do. We thank you, Jesus. We just partake now. Partake of the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for shedding your blood. And because we believe, and we bring forth and lay our sin before you, Lord, and say we want to walk away, we want to repent of this, Lord. We want to start living for your kingdom. And ask you to forgive us of our sins. And help me to take my place in your body in a way that honors you. Go ahead and partake of it, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. There's a spot in the chair in front of you. You can set that little cup in. Next week, we're going to do one more week talking about the gifts. We, we actually made some little pieces of paper up that say serve like Jesus. There are areas in the church that you can begin to just use your gift. I'd, I'd encourage you on the way out. They're over there by the offering box. You might just grab one, take it, look at it, pray over it, ask the Lord, where can I use my gift to serve you, to employ it, to bless other people? So we just, we thank you, Father.